Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Good day to you, well, sir. Right? <laughs> uh, welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 24, recorded May 26th, 2019. Uh, tonight we are covering For Every Rose a Thorn. And I am Elmist. This is Ivan. And this is Mrs. Hyven. All right. So for podcast news, we've got our usual stuff. You know, we encourage feedback, whether it's on Twitter or as Mrs. Hyven laughs at Hyven for. It happened once. Twitter. I didn't mean it. I was going <laughs> to say the Twitter I, page. Please remember, hate mail to the email. She said something the other day that was like, she said something, the something. And I was like, oh, yeah, just like the Twitter. No, that wasn't the other day. That was literally this morning. I thought it was yesterday. <laughs> no, it was literally this morning. I have to kind of I yelled at you because I was like, far. look, you say the Twitter. I can do what I want. I don't know. I just have to say before we get too far. Elemis introduction. I don't know why, but I thought he was about to be like, good evening, all. As you sit there cozily by the fire, sipping a nice whiskey or Tall glass Dude, of hot chocolate. Elmer's I was waiting totally for like that, do, like an that, old like, time, oh, yeah. like jazzy radio voice with his drifter voice. I was just waiting, like, good evening. Enjoy your candlelight as you sip a nice something brand. And you know, like, I, it's like an old commercial. Like, I just see Elemis right there. Oh, I, that was it. Elemis is the most interesting man. You could be those commercials, dude. You, oh my God. That is how you got to introduce us every week. <laughs> she has the bump, bump, bump goodbye. Guys. But, but you're when totally... I do, it's about destiny. <laughs> yeah, for, no, for real. Elemist is, I don't host every week. But when I do, it's the best. It sounds like <laughs> this. Yeah. Well, you know, talking about his drifter voice, I will have to make my early shout out that uh, I listened to the episode last week. And it was freaking awesome. I was sitting there and was like, yo, this podcast is good. I would listen to this. And then I was like, I'm not on there. This makes so much more sense. You guys are really interesting, man. <laughs> you need to shut me up more. <laughs> Why well, just I know I ran. And I love how you guys were like, this is going to be half an hour shorter, less ranting, this and that. And you guys both agreed. And as you were saying, I was like, for sure. This is totally <laughs> going to be a better episode. Right. I just thought it was really interesting because, like, our dynamic is fun in the sense that, like, I know nothing and you guys can rant forever. Yeah, your but mind was... seems more blown than usual, too. <laughs> okay. But that one was awesome. That was probably, like, second favorite card right behind Ava Levante. Like, that's how much I loved that card or that book. Um, but last week was even more interesting because Elemis didn't have his normal, like, you to bounce off of. It was literally, like, somebody who knows everything and somebody who knows nothing. And it was just, like, no in between. Right, and now we're going to make like, a podcast. In the office where I was sitting and was just talking about, like... This, this, and this, and you, and she said this, and this. And I was like, do you know what her last words were? And she was like, no. Oh, wait, Elmas is looking it up now. And then I tell her, oh, he's reading me the card. And I was just like, this is hilarious. Because she was, after you guys finished recording, her mind was still being blown. At, like, it was so the emotions of that whole card. My favorite was part so was, because when I first read that card, I totally sent her the thing about, like, I know who the drifter is. Here are some of his names. And I had said Wu Ming. So I figured as she was reading those cards, she knew no, who the totally drifter was. Correct. 
But when he gets up to fell with your beak and she starts going, oh my God. And I was No, when you were reading these, I was getting Kona, remember? I was like in and out of various airplanes and airports for like a 24-hour period. Hold up. You're telling me you weren't focused on me when stuck in a plane all day long in an airport with a small puppy? Yeah. Right? Sorry, you were my first priority at reading your new lore books. I apologize. <laughs> he was, like, calling me. I'm like, okay, I got her. No, I called him. Like, you have to safely. take this serious. And he'd be like, oh, my God, I've got to tell you about this card. I'm like, okay, well, um, I've got, like, 20 minutes before i got to get on my other plane. Uh, okay. <laughs> like, you and Dust, you're interested in that now, though, so it kind of works. That's true. That's true. That one I paid more attention to. But yeah, I just want to say, you guys did a fine episode, man. That was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, honey. Thank you. It was fun. It was a lot. Um, and and Mrs. Hyven kept me from from spilling a lot more than I I really he wanted, wanted to, to so badly. I heard. Oh, you. I did. I uh, yeah, a couple of your things. I was just like, I was listening. And I was like, oh, it was just making me laugh. And then I heard you guys like recording a little bit as I was in the other room. Mostly Mrs. Hyven. Well, as you heard me grab some food in the bloopers, possibly her just. Randomly talking to the silent person in the background, but I just loved hearing her in the ba- in the other room every once in a while being loud. It was fun. It was very <laughs> fun. Yeah, it, it was fun. Uh, but yeah, getting everything Worries. back on track. Yeah, hate mail to the email, and hit and, me up on the know, Twitter. Yes, exactly. You know, I just got getting my little bit of ramble in since I was going last week. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to add uh, that half an hour to this episode. <laughs> oh, God, let's not. I have to edit these. No, please. <laughs> it might be, what, Memorial Day tomorrow, but that doesn't mean we have to record till 2 and 3 in the morning. Right. Right. Um, but, yeah, and you can review us at Apple Podcast. And I don't know if Google Podcast actually has reviews set up or anything. But if you guys are able to, then go for it. If you don't have an iPhone, let us know, because I don't. I was just going to say, I have a question. Yeah. Show notes have said Google Play for so long, but we always correct it to Google Podcast. What is it actually called, and should we fix that? Well, so you could still listen to stuff on Google Play. So it's a separate app. They didn't just, like, update it? Correct. Give it a new name? Oh, I didn't know that. All right. Uh, all right. <laughs> and now... Our podcast has finally hit fabled rank. We've gotten 2,100 listens. Going fun broken, guys. If we can hit max rank three years in a row? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We can hit 5,500 listens. Someone explain the inside joke to me. It's it's related to... um, Crucible. Competitive. Yeah. It's related to a glory ranking system. And how well you do determines how many points you get. You know how I go for fabled and glory like every season to get that pinnacle weapon? Yeah. Okay. Now I get it. We just hit fabled. Okay. So essentially, essentially we just got our pinnacle weapon. We got a Luna's Recluse Mountaintop up in here. Yay. <laughs> that was, that was, wow, so encouraging. Right. 
Let's be uh, honest, guys. Even if I did play more, I'd never get to that weapon. And I've acknowledged that. I'm, I'm determined that I'm going to next season. What, get Recluse? Or which one? Yeah. Recluse and whatever the new one is. We will do it. My my uh, buddies ditched me once we got like Mythic, and I didn't get my my not forgotten. Didn't have. Oh. I haven't. I feel like I haven't played with anyone since I got a PC. So I'll, I'm just I gonna start joining your party zones. Yeah, I think I, I think I got socially ostracized a little bit. <laughs> I'll try to like join parties through the Xbox app on my PC. I'm just like, hey guys, what are you guys doing? And it's just like we're we're playing. And I was like, oh cool. And then it's just like, oh, okay. Well, bye. Oh, that that's rough. So I didn't. I haven't been able to play much. I've been because you know there's some crossplay stuff, but yeah, I would like yeah. to go. Help you. I'd be very interested going for some some glory next season. Heck yeah! And uh, the last bit of podcast news that we've got. So the next three weeks, we are going to be doing a block on the nine. Uh, so wow. next week, it's going to be the the dust lore book. The week after, we're finally getting to Ecdysis. Yay, Yay! Finally! And then the week after that, we're going to do Invitations of the Nine. Uh, we figured that doing the two lore books beforehand would give a little more insight into the stuff happening in the Invitations of the Nine. So are we coining this little group, the Block of the Nine? You know it. I like the Nine Block. The Block of the Nine. I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, all right. Stuff you may have missed in Destiny. Not much was happening in game. Uh, they did announce a lot of stuff in the latest TWAB. On the uh, TWAB. Yeah, that's was it yeah. on the TWAB. Yeah, that was one of the things that made me last laugh when I listened to back. You were talking well, about you no could probably just go watch that was. somewhere, and Elemis was like, "No, it's it's a post." And then when you were just like, three mm-hmm. three YouTubers have covered it." And I was sitting there like, no, no. I just watched three different videos. I'm sure there's like 20 to I said at least three. <laughs> yeah, I there, said there at was... least three because that's how many you told me you were going to watch. And you were going to watch them in the order of saving <laughs> your favorite. You got it right. Laugh. No, I do enjoy watching some Cross, But it just made me laugh. You totally sounded like, all right, guys, tune into the three YouTube pages. <laughs> Shut up. I said at least three. Yeah, I think I saw, I haven't watched any videos, but there's been some more information about Season of Opulence. I saw just like yes. the information about the raid that I think you guys already, or we already covered, but I'm well, not quite up to date with some out. of the new stuff. <clears throat> Alright, let me hear it. Let me hear it. I think so, I might some of this, but I don't know about all of it. What they're, what they're going to do is they're going to cap the actual power level that, advantage yeah. for each encounter. Make it even uh, Right. So, like, the actual recommended power level for the first encounter is going to be 715. But for the first 24 hours, your power level advantage is only going to be capped at 700. So, like, you could be 750 at that point. Doesn't matter. You're still doing the same amount of damage as a 700. Which I thought was crazy, because, yeah, uh, what was it? Uh, for the first, in- what, 715 about the first encounter, right? Which they said was se- uh, 700. So, like, 15 under is pretty, pretty difficult. That's substantial. And then I think they upped it to, what, 720 towards the later encounters? But people think 720 would probably for the be... final encounter. 
final encounter, we thought maybe it'd be like 740 possibly. So like anywhere from like 10 to 20 levels lower than the enemies, that's going to be kind of hard. But it's also not as daunting. I think I might even be able to hit like 720 if it was one of those days right. where I was trying to go for like the raid and like took off. Um, so that's kind of nice. And and that's why <laughs> like I know my clan, we're trying to get teams together to actually go for Worlds first. Are you have off that day? I'm going to put in for it. I didn't, and, just because possibly I... Possibly the day after. Yeah. Uh, my my uh, Xbox clan's not really interested. I did find a PC clan, though. It's a large community, and they were trying to get groups, a bunch of different groups for Worlds First. I mean, well, actually a couple of them, but yeah, I saw a lot of people discussing it, and I didn't sign up for a group yet, because I'm so brand new to this clan, I don't know anyone, but yeah. Maybe maybe next year that would be, or next, next year that would be pretty cool. Well, good luck, man, if you guys go for it. You guys have a full team? Well, we have enough people to do two full teams, but like I think <clears throat> what we're going to do is whenever somebody needs to take a break, we're just going to swap people out. Yeah, I uh, don't think I can get that day off, but if you guys haven't finished by the time I get home, and, I'll, and I'll, we're I'll going swap to stream out it. if anyone dies. The exhaustion is definitely going to stream it. Nice. I miss raiding. I haven't raided with my uh, Xbox clan. We don't raid as much. I have to hit up the old group, man. Yeah, definitely. Joining you up for some raids here soon. Sounds good. Okay. Sweet. It seems like that was coming to a close. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I need to skip down just a hair. Okay. Taking us a little off podcast, but still on podcast. Almost. Okay. I see that you have already pre-written your shout-outs. And I really want to hear the one about your brother. I really want to know how his grades and his finals went. You can't pre- I can't. I can't even wait. Like, I am, like, dying to know. <laughs> I just saw it, and I'm, like, dying to know how he did. I'm so well, why excited don't you, to you, you can save some of yours for the end, but, yeah, give us a heads yeah, up. Yeah, but at least give me that one. That one. That one I, I, I'm good with. So, as everybody knows, my brother was, was taking courses, and his schedule was pretty much called the Death March by the school. He passed them with A's and B's. Oh, my God. Sweet. That's amazing. Yeah. That's what's up, that's man. so awesome. And so he's got one more semester left, right? That's all, that's all he's got? He's graduating. Oh, my gosh. That's it's so freaking awesome. I'm so excited for him. What did we say he was going into? What was he Physics. trying to get into again? Just a spe- not, he doesn't know what specific job, though. Just something. Uh, no. In- that's good. Yeah, those are my Dude, he's just trying. He was just Math. trying to get through the death march. He'll look for I, internships. Yeah, I, in his I understand that. Semester. Those are my like, favorite courses and things that I want to do also. And I love physics and math, but those can get really, really exhausting, dude. And I can't I'm imagine so doing all that college him. course level. That is amazing. Mad props if you listen, man. Yeah. Oh, he does. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. He's just a little ways yeah. back. Well, dude. yeah, death march and all. Right. You get to this, man. Right. Hopefully, he takes the summer off. He needs a, a break. Take oh, a little break. break. Enjoy what you've done, man. It's a big accomplishment. And uh, yeah. Go. Good luck Aww, as you continue. You on. love your brother. I can see it. <laughs> oh, like, I might not be his best friend, but he is mine. Oh, that's so precious. I love it. Because your siblings are both younger, right? I mean, they're twins. So yeah. They're both younger. <laughs> if one of them's younger, they both are. <laughs> <laughs> 
Aww, that's awesome, dude. I'm so happy. For I just, I saw it on the shout outs and I was like, I can't wait until the end of this. <laughs> like, what if I'm sleepy by the end of it? I need to be fully coherent for this. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Okay. Uh, I'm so excited. We can move back into regular podcast stuff, but I, I couldn't wait until the end for that. <laughs> it, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> um, and like it, anybody who knows me knows that I like, I am extremely proud of him. He's got a bright future ahead of him. Sweet dude. dude. Right? I can't even imagine like all this fun, crazy things he's gonna go on to do with that. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving back into the podcast. <laughs> uh, so, brief intro to the topic. This lore book is obtained by getting kills with the exotic hand cannon Thorn, and it's a continuation of the lore books, um, Letters from a Renegade which was episode 10 for us and the book of unmaking, which was episode 11. Gosh, that long ago. Right. Those were like the new cards too. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you stop you, and figure uh, like those came out about three months ago. I know. And I feel like those are the new cards, but I, I we really, yeah. That freaking queen of the awoken man. Really? And we didn't even really? do all of her story. <laughs> Kev was busy, man. Yeah. Shout out for Mara for uh, content creation. She's the HBIC. <laughs> she likes to take up everyone's time. It's true. Again. <laughs> oh, man. I understand because I, too, am the HBIC who takes up everyone's time. <laughs> And we, we I've just hardcore rolled his eyes. Oh my god! I thought I your eyeballs were gonna eyes. get stuck back there. Don't act like I don't think of all your time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And with that, let's move on. <laughs> yes. Transitions are what we do here, guys. Elmas needs to make a transition noise. Rough noise. transitions are what we, we do. Just need, we, need a, we need like a, to make one of our I little sound bites. I got it. That is just Ooh. like. There you go. No, no, just like That's it good. just needs to be someone like yelling <laughs> stuff like, let's move on. It should just be Elmas in his like best uh, drifter voice. Transition, well, brother. Yeah, like, well, <laughs> all right then. And move on. <laughs> all uh, right, let's move on. There you go. I like it. Oh, looks like I am first reader. What an honor, man. I'm just saying. Seriously, what I've an been, honor? There's an effing really order good. to the way I do these. There's this no is, effing honor no, here. It is an honor because this is a great book. I have a lot of respect for it, okay? And it's nice to get back into this. I've had a crazy work week, which is why I've been really, really behind in all things Destiny and gaming. Uh, so it's nice to kind of just get back and get into some lore. I'm going to go ahead and get us started with our first card. So these names are definitely, I like the names for each card. They have some like good, good uh, application to the card. So this one is a matter of trust. <clears throat> is now the time I write this freely? It is unrehearsed and unguided by hidden motives. I find a trust in you I have long found difficult to claim. Most of my life has been spent on the run, not from any one thing, but in pursuit of an ever-shifting endgame. Truth is, 
The truth I now know, that endings do not exist. Nothing ends. A moment, a feeling, a person, a war. They are not finite. They're all just stages of being, stages of existence. One moment fades into the next, but they are linked and forever joined. One cannot exist without the other. Feelings, love, hate, rage, sorrow, ebb and flow into each other, free of intent and fueled by the moments that shape them. A person, any person, our lives and deeds live beyond us, our moments making us whole, our actions carving our being into the endless expanse of existence. Even after death, we are here. All we do can be forgotten, but it cannot be erased. Every life we touch alters the course of another being's reality. That reality then shapes the world around us as all we are ripples out beyond who we are. And war, there is only one. It has taken many forms, but it is always raging, always smoldering below the surface of societies grand and small, hidden in our broken, fearful hearts. I offer all of this as means to further our connection and begin a new conversation about endings, about beginnings. The trust we share is built on unstable ground. Our connection, born of your knowledge of a legend that paints me in a light you have no way of fully understanding, and my observations of your many valiant deeds coloring you in a light few can ignore, be they friend or foe. It is time, now, we prove our trust is not misplaced. It is time to test your resolve and see if you truly have the strength to balance the gray between absolutes. Are you ready? S. So. This is why I felt honored. I loved this beginning. There's some great writing in there. I'm going to start there. Um, some, yeah, some great stuff. However, I can pick out what I liked, but because I have no context, I have no idea what this is referring to or who the heck this is or what's going on. Can I make a quick yeah, right, please quick. do. I'm just saying that is because I'm the first comment here, and I have no comment. <laughs> well, well, I will say Outside something related. Of, this is really nice. Is this is like a direct tie-in to those first two books, as Alamist mentioned in the start, right? So if you can remember those, go back to them. We could give a quick overview before we get started. <gasps> Wait a second! It just but, hit me. The book of the unmaking. That's the one where oh, with dredges. Have been gray and all the yes, dredges. and they were going right? through all the notes. Okay, and, 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 so, okay. and remember letters from a renegade, where when he wrote us saying to watch this line that we were crossing. Yes. Yes. And at the end, yes. he said, "I see that you have." That's what. Not everything's yeah. white and uh, light and dark, black and white. There's gray, okay. and maybe you guys can ride this line. It and then he thanks us. Remember, we talked about him being like a father, giving us the hand cannon and all that stuff. Yep. And then the book came the, back to me. So just something to know is yep. these books take turns between letters from S or Shin, and also the rest of the book of the unmaking. So we are actually going to get. Remember how we said it stopped? We never quite got to that thorn card we were talking about. Yep. We only got nine, I do believe. We're going to get to those last 13 in here. So that is kind of just an overview of what's going to be happening. The other yeah. thing I was going to say is it all really depends on how long we want to make this episode. Because this is a topic 
that I personally oh my talk God, yes. about a lot. So oh my if God, you guys yes. need to cut me off, you can cut me off because this is this is quite honestly the the story that most people in like the lore community have got us kind of into it. This is one of the first stories in Destiny One where the story between like Shin and Dredgenor that got a lot of people in. So like having this explanation and this tie-in and having myself listen to the writer talk about this story in his own personal words a couple times on another podcast, like this is definitely close to my heart. So oh, and I think Elemis too. So I know I ran the most, but you'll have to cut us off if we're getting too crazy. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> Why do you think I decided to do my nails during this podcast? But as long as we're in, we're okay with making possibly a little longer episode, just just putting that out there. But yeah. Well, luckily we're doing it on Memorial Day weekend and none of us have to work tomorrow. But yes, so now yeah. remembering how Shin ended the last book by telling us that we could run this 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 thin line but of no, gray. No, it makes sense because that, this one What's just happened, said right? at the end, it's time to test your resolve to see if you truly have the strength to balance the gray between absolutes. Are you ready? So now you see like that kind of like started us. sounding familiar, but now like thinking back to those other books, yeah, I totally get what's happening. Okay. And the fact that it's called a matter of trust, Shin talks about. Remember, he, we were kind of friends. We've had close interactions, right? But remember, he, he, he mentions, you only know me by what you've heard, and I only know you basically by what I've heard. We both have these reputations, and we're starting to get to know each other a little bit. Now's the time to test our trust. And you can kind of guess that as a letter that starts with, can we trust each other? Let's find out. It's about to get real, man. <laughs> Elemist, uh, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> about to go down. Right, right. <laughs> so, what do you, what, Elemist? What are your thoughts on the introduction to what we know is already going to go down? Like, it, it's a good intro. It's a good intro, and I, I like how it's it's literally him just sending a letter like. <laughs> I don't know you. You don't know me. <laughs> but our reputation. But, uh, but it's time we trust each other. It is kind of crazy that we're the person he chooses to tell what he tells. Like, well, and like it's funny because at this point we're it. just pen pals. Yeah, it it really is, and, and and honestly, we haven't written him back, so that's why he's just like, I've just been Bye. watching you. You seem like like the chosen one practically you know like you are a guardian who is important and if anyone can work to make things right it's you so i'm just gonna tell you stuff we're we're best friends now right you don't write me you haven't been writing me much i haven't got your emails have you replied did they get lost in the mail <laughs> i've been writing you hey hey are you getting my email yeah, that's about it. lost them well and especially at this point since we've killed like four five different gods yeah it's like yeah yeah yeah, man. All right. All right, Mrs. Hyven, let, let's let's move on. Because there's going to be a lot more to unpack. Pain of what's right. Hope. All right. Feel the pain. Feel the pain. Feel the burn. I do have some story like right now. That you seek to wield the rival cannons is a noble quest. One that has brought low many who would claim to be your equal. The last word and thorn are linked by the blood they've shed. But, as you know, they are bound by more than violence. They represent wearing ideologies. They are of a kind and yet wholly opposite. 
the cleansing fire and the festering disease, like the common view of myself and the shadows. Adversaries meant to destroy one another, enemies to our core. But what if I were to weave another tale, give a deeper meaning to the conflict that has drawn my and yours legacy to be painted in such a hateful light? I've played a role for some time now, many actually, but my name's Shin Malfer, the renegade. Various others handed down by fools and hard cases, or even the one or two I've hidden behind over the many years I've spent running from my past and toward an ever-darkening future. They all serve a purpose, and they all start with Shin, the poor, lost, lonely boy whose entire world had been taken from him. The tale of my youth and Palamon is all true, that it tends to elicit sympathy and set my story on the path of the right and just is not a ruse. I am right, and I am just. But ask yourself, did the fact I began as a victim color your perception of me? Is my path, my cause, more righteous because I was owed justice and vengeance? For the longest time, I thought so. But then, and here is where the truth of it all begins to gain focus. What if the villain of the story believed so? What if the villain tore apart my life and countless others as a terrible means to an end? What if I was lost and he offered guidance by gifting me vengeance? What if I told you he was right to do so? Like, there's a lot to unpack in this card. There is. When isn't there? <laughs> yeah. So, <sighs> it's another letter from Shin. Um, and, like, there's a line in here that I love. Uh, the last word and thorn are linked by the blood they've shed. But as you know, they are bound by more than violence. They represent <laughs> warring ideologies. And then, yeah, I also appreciated right after. They are, they are of a kind and yet wholly opposite. And then he describes, just like myself in the shadows, who are, yeah, like, that's like a little bit of foreshadowing. And like, oh, God. Yeah. Um, and then we get flat out, like, who is actually writing this? You know. Shin Malfer, the renegade, the man with the golden gun. Like, he's got a ton of names, but it's all the same person. Yeah. And, like, yeah. It, it's just so awesome because I just want to comment on a couple things. Like, like I said, having listened to the writer, I know you've listened to those episodes with John Goff. Oh, yeah. Him talking about how, like, this stuff was really obvious, how, like, it took the community so long to realize, like, Rezal Azir was dredging your and all that stuff. Um, how he, people, you know, he basically flat out said, like, that boy in the ghost stories was Shin. Like, that kind of explains the whole thing. Um, when did or he say this? This is a podcast you haven't listened to, just recently. What? Okay, but that was in that, uh, that interview you guys were just talking about? Yeah, oh, he's So very this plain. has been confirmed, and all of the times you... 
nerd out and lorgasm on me, you decided not to mention this when I this is something you know I wholeheartedly <laughs> feel strongly about? John Goff is hilarious. He's awesome to listen to. And he basically confirmed that um, how he talks about the story yeah, of Palamon. I'm hearing about it. Some of the things we really actually need to go back and cover is the original story, which we've never done, which I think should be on the polls. Oh, God, um, yes. But the original story of Palamon is told by Shin. He starts by saying, this is the story of the ta- name Palamon. The facts might not all be true. It's told from my memory, right? And people... went, this is the story of a girl. <laughs> Stop. And Shin um, <laughs> said... Every, so some of the community was trying to say that like maybe all this is made up, this is all a lie. But once again, John Goff basically practically confirmed he was like no he's not saying it was a lie he was just telling everyone that he might not remember all the details that as he said now the story was maybe painted in a certain light the light of a villain and a victim um so i really really like that listening to him talk he kept saying i don't want this to like tell anyone because he he mentions that he personally purposely writes all of his cards for theorizing and while he doesn't want to kill anyone's theories he does kind of tell people, like, isn't it obvious? <laughs> um, and some of the... Sorry, Elmist is cracking me up right now. <laughs> but yeah, so I just love that the story of Palamon is something that we can think of as true. We can think of, like, Shin as this poor, lost, lonely boy. But the important part of this card is the fact that he goes out to say his... Uh, the tale of my youth in Palamon is all true that it tends to elicit sympathy and set my story in the path of the right is just not a ruse. I am right and I am just. But this is the important part, which is true. But ask yourself, did the fact I began as a victim color your perception of me? Is my path, my cause, more righteous because I was owed justice, vengeance? We talked about bias. Bias is not only really important to how we all feel about these cards, but to... The characters in these cards, um, right? Because like at this Shin point, is... at, at this point, like we're pointing out, or he himself is pointing out the fact that there is bias within the game world mm-hmm. involving these stories. World, dude. And and like you said, you know, did the fact I began as a victim color your perception of me? Like that, that right there. It, and I think it did for everyone the at the beginning, right? Like that yeah. was how it was originally written. Um, and right. then he go and but then he goes on to say that like this person that we thought was the most evil villain ever. Um, he he the fact that he says what for the longest time I thought so, but then and here's where the truth of it all begins to focus. What if the story or the villain of the story believes so? So he straight out is saying, Dredgen, you're believe that I was the victim who was owed justice and vengeance also. He tore my life apart in order to gift me vengeance. Like, that's not saying Dredgen Yor is a great person, but if, if that doesn't, like, paint the, your picture of these two in a slightly different light, my alarms, like, went off when I started reading this. Just yeah. the thought that maybe Dredgen Yor knew more than he was just letting on. He was more than just a killer. He was more than just like, yeah, he was more than just causing chaos. He had some purpose. And it's just crazy. Uh, Ms. Hyven, you have anything to add? No, um, I'm just kind of like taking it all in. I might take offense if you 
goof around too much. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually, no, I'm just taking it all in because it is kind of just like. Oh, man. I mean, that last line really these, did get me. Have you heard me. these when cards? The no. introduction. I need to read you those. I, I would really love to put that on the podcast for like the original story at some me, point. Let me finish my sentence. We, I need to read those for you. Just don't let me forget. No, it's just that last line really got me when it said he was right to do so. Because I was just like, oh, what does that mean? Yeah. yeah. Right. Because like, anyone who's read the lore what are this we saying? knows that Dredgen Yor killed his whole village, killed the man he viewed as his third father. Um, mm-hmm. And he goes to say he was right to do so. It's like, hold up a second. <laughs> Something's right? not right here. Like, if I, like, plot twist had found out, like, my dad didn't die of cancer, but somebody killed him to make me the person that I am, I don't think I'd be like, yeah, it was the right thing. It was, it was okay. It's all good. Exactly. exactly a fitting example. That's not my response. (laughs) And if it was my third father, like, after all of these attempts of just having a freaking dad, I'd be so... You know... And the best part about this, why this is such good writing, they set you up for that. The next card has nothing to do with it. Let's move on. <laughs> Remember how I said you switched between two stories? It yes. switches now. Mm-hmm. Of course it does. And I'll be covering Evolution. 1.1. Look upon the world with new eyes and know that you see for the first time. 1.2. All of your time before now. Every choice, every moment, was the antithesis of all you were meant to be. 1.3. To dwell on what was is the greatest sin. 1.4. A new you hides, trapped, and desperate to be freed in the instant beyond now. 1.5. Step confidently forward into the unknown, beyond the present. There, you will find yourself waiting. 1.6 Evolution is constant for those who embrace tomorrow. 1.7 Once unmade, you will be new, your eyes free to meet the lies of existence and unfettered judgment. Only through new eyes can the burden of failed existence be cast aside that we may see, truly see, for the first time. Tenth Understanding, Seventh Book of Sorrow. We have shed our previous selves, not as a final step along the road we have chosen, but as another step forward. The difference between now and then, between this moment and all moments prior, is the difference between one life and the next. We are no longer the men and women we were as our journey began. We have entered our third lives, and though we are not wholly changed, our evolution has begun. To mark the passage from who we once believed we were to who we will become, we have surrendered our dead names to claim new, eternal identities with which to write our future upon the shadowed path ahead. Orsa is now and ever. Dredgen Vale, Xana Mass, Dredgen Scar, 
Jonah Pavic, Dredgen Meyer, Callum Soul, Dredgen Cole, Braga Yasul, Dredgen Totalis, and I, Dredgen Bain. There will be fear at the sight of us and in response to our deeds. There will be pain, both ours and others. This we know, and this we accept with pride and eager, angry hearts. Hand-scrawled note accompanying Tevin Gray's personal translation of ancient hive text. Oh, God. This, I don't know. Are these, like, speak to me. Are these, even these quotes, I really, really love. The translations. Oh, yeah. Um, are just really good. I know when we first, we, we all sounded a little crazy when we did the Book of Unmaking. We were starting to like, as the cards went on, we were starting to relate to the quotes more and more. But I think like at this period in time, they're even more like relevant. Stuff like all, the, all of your time before now, every choice, every moment was the antithesis of all you were meant to be. That's like a great quote. Like your life, right? past life makes the most important moment in the now. And that's like something that could apply to everyone. Um, to dwell on what was is the greatest sin. You can't change the past. Like these, these understandings are very fitting to where they are in their, their life. They have, as they talk about, they have made this transition. And also as they know that what they're about to do is going to hurt them and others. But at this point, they cannot look back. Every action they've made is part of this evolution, this unmaking. So, like, everything they've done is just very important to lead them to where they are now. And this is truly the, the antithesis of everything that is inculcated to, like, to make this. So I think this is a perfect... Those are some very perfect um, understandings, I think, for what's going down. And, and like you said, it, it's weird to see these, these cultish... Right? I understanding how like culty like this was but like it, it's weird to see these cultish understandings and go wow like this could actually relate back to real life in a good way yeah but you know you think about it not you know i don't want to offend anyone but whether you're talking about like maybe like religious beliefs political beliefs People all have varying, you know, moral, moral grounds. You know, people have varying things that other people might think are crazy. But yeah. somebody who holds them dear to them, they, they mean a lot. And I think yeah. that is exactly what's going on for them. This means a lot like to most them. Most people don't have these beliefs in the thought of, like, hurting others. Yeah, and, and you know what I'm saying? And not necessarily, they didn't say, at this point, they're not saying they're going to go out and kill children and innocent people. You know, they're not talking about that. But what this might sound like crazy talk to someone who is very staunch about following only the light, only the traveler, um, somebody like our guardian who's kind of following this gray line, this might be something that really like speaks to them. Um, so I just, I just kind of like how, like we said, we thought we were going to, we were like crazy cultists as we were reading these. But I'm starting to see, I think more and more people included are starting to see these uh, shadows as not, as we said before, just black and white. There's a lot of gray going on in Destiny right now. Like Tevin Gray? Yeah, right. I know. I wanted to say that earlier. Okay. (laughs) 
And the right, coolest part is we get the names of the original dredgens. So all of the dredgens that we hear about later, those are extra. We find out from Drifter that all the dredgen titles he's been throwing out, he was throwing those out as a joke. Those are kind of honorary titles, not truly dredgens. Uh, and Just tick them off. <laughs> yeah, as you found out last... Did you find out last week? Oh, Zedek Dices. Uh, he is Dredgen Hope, but he is not listed here, so he was also, the Drifter was not one of the original Dredgens. So we have six original Dredgens, and one of them's a chick, which is kind of cool. We've heard that before. There's one female in the group. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and we, we only, so far we only know three of them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> one out of three, at least. We're coming uh, but so we've only actually heard stories about three of these, uh, so there's still a lot of development they could do. Dredgen Bane, it's Tevin. He's been writing us all these letters. Dredgen Vale is Orsa. He is one of the these prominent. Are the he wrote us. He's these the leader. Okay, okay, yeah, he didn't write these, but these are the ones where yeah, he's he's kind of the leader of the bunch. Now I've heard some people argue between who is the leader, Tevin Gray versus um, Orsa. I truly believe that Dredgen Vale is the leader. Uh, Dredge and Bane or Tevin Gray is one second is his it's more like a co-host he's kind of an equal but he was one of the original ones to join up and he is kind of like the scholar he's the man who knows the plan you know what I'm saying my thought is like a lot of times there's a difference between like the the leader like not to not to make Tevin or Bane or whoever we're gonna call him now seem insignificant He's shed his own old but name. But typically the note taker is not the leader. He, but okay, but he's also not, he's not the front man. I think Tevin Gray plays in a very important part, but he's yeah. doing the shadows. He is he's the warlock of the group, kind of. He's the scholar. Whereas, uh, and I'm Orsa not saying that's a bad thing up front in the past. This is the first time we're hearing, not actually, there was like one card, I think, where uh, Tevin Gray talked in D1 from him, but a lot of those cards that talked about the shadows were from Orsa. But now, now here's my thinking of like why Orsa mm-hmm. is, is the leader instead of uh, Bane, instead of Tebin. So, like you said, Tebin is the scholar. Usually, warlocks are fine with sitting alone with their books, with their tablets, just doing the research, writing things up. Don't want to be in the front, right? They want to be the man in the background that's doing all the work, you know, head to the the grindstone. Yeah. Whereas, Elamist, <laughs> right? He does oh, so man. much work. He doesn't want to take credit for his amazingness. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm a titan, secretly a warlock. Um, right. <laughs> but like, I could see hunters being the ones that take the ideas, take the plans, and go, okay, this is how we implement. This is what we're doing. And I think you could argue either, because we do see that uh, Dredge and Bane and Dredge and Vale, they talk about those two being the first ones. Because remember, they were the ones when they first found Palamon who were standing on the ridge looking over the valley, basically. So I everything is pointed to those two being the prominent two, but this group makes up the original group. President and a vice president. See, Elemist has a thought. Or it it might be a partnership. Yeah, that's like the best a way. True. I think it is a true partnership. Yeah. Yeah, and so, something we are going to discuss later is how much 
each person of this group knows about each other. If that, if you know what I'm saying, Elamist, how uh-huh, much information I, do. I, do. I think you've listened, you've heard a lot of people talking about who knows what information. Um, I am understanding that yeah, we'll get there, but I think that's also important to how this partnership works. Yeah. Uh, so that's definitely interesting. But yeah, um, these are the original six, man. We have the list finally. This is something we've wanted to see. Yeah, for, for a really long time. Oh, God. It's really and good. The sad thing is, one of them is already dead. We already know that flat out. Uh, if anybody has that. completed the uh, the Malfeasance quest, you know that Callum Soul, Trigen Cole, he's toast. And as we said, how all these, as we talked about at the beginning, Shin and Dredgen, your might not have been painted in the exact light. I will tell you now, you don't know Callum Soul, like, unless you've read these cards. Um, if you played in game, he seemed like a real dick. It's like some crazy dude who like killed his ghost and like was just a belligerent, rude person. But we're gonna get some more info about him. So please, Callum please. Soul, yeah. the ghost hunter. No, no. Dude, when we see more about, like, Cyril, that's going to be awesome, but eventually. Oh, yeah. I just want to know when he's going to come in. There was something that was mentioned that... Oh, this is a... Okay, it's not really relevant. It was just when we started at the beginning, talking about these two. I just wanted to comment on the fact that we as a Guardian are wielding both hand cannons. This is the first occurrence ever that anyone has wielded both of these hand cannons. They are, and, as and said, these are kind the of, original ones too. Yeah, they are very duly opposite to each other. Also, they are very similar, but they represent kind of two different, almost ideologies about the same topic. So we are brand new to that, um, which is pretty crazy. And then I also wanted to give a shout out to uh, the first curse, very underused weapon in Destiny One that I really liked because one tens weren't really good in Destiny. I think it would be great in Destiny Two, unrelated, but. The quote on the first curse is, you've heard the story of the last word. What about the first curse? And there were fan theories that the first curse was Regal Azir's original hand cannon that turned into Thorn. don't know if it's true. I've seen edits of photos where people lay them over each other and they have the same frame. Um, but the first curse, I would, love to, I would love to get a little bit more information. I think people just kind of forgot. You think that's something they'll ever, uh, they're holding out for us or something like that? Anything uh, like, possible. Like the, the only way that I I see them, I think it was going just... that route is if like they they being Bungie mm-hmm. bring the first curse back with an ornament called Rose. See, you know, and you know what, people, we're supposed to be getting a weapon called Rose with these supposed leaks. Um, I think in Season of Opulence, uh, John Goff says one of his favorite pieces of writing is coming out in the lore for Season of Opulence. I don't remember if you remember him saying that in his interview, uh-huh. but I'm really, really excited to that. Um, how awesome would it be if they came out and said that First Curse and Last Word were both made by Tex Mechanica at the same time? They were like sibling weapons. They went off to lead very different lives, became two different weapons, which is why they are similar yet different. And how that could symbolize two yeah. individuals being, not that I'm saying literal brothers, but having similar ideology starting as a fresh slate um, and going two different ways. And how those things can still be very unique, yet very similar at the same time. It, it's just something that I think, it's a cool fan, fan theory 
that I've always held on to and I think would be kind of cool. Two brothers born in the same situations, leading two different paths. And yeah, going nature versus nurture kind of thing. Very far just out. We're just talking about that. Always, really cool. always on my mind. Exactly. So I think that would be kind of cool. But that's kind of unrelated. But that, that would be just kind of a little thought that I think would be really cool. All also, right. shout out to no to one stop. messed up. Right? No Not yet. You told me to stop you when you were rambling. We are now yep. going deep into a rabbit hole of guns and theories and weapons and whatnot. So I think it's time to move on. <laughs> Tell yeah, me. It, just it, need is. To, it is. I just need to party up with Elemist more, man. I just don't play with him enough anymore. <laughs> I'm going to be joining you just in your raids, ruining your conversation from now on. All right. I don't think that's ruining it for Elemist. Yeah, but he just wouldn't be able to focus. We're going to do it, though. We're going to have we're going to have a raid along where we're just going to take lore newbies through the raid and we're just going to explain everything about the encounters and random topics every week. Yeah, and we'll stream want? them. That would be pretty cool actually. Part of our Guardians of be. Lore raiding with the Lordians. <laughs> Never mind, cancel that. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Faith in monsters. Oh, heading back to the store. Here we go. Sorry, at the call. I hunted Dredgenior for decades. First, at Jaren Ward's side, then alone. I was obsessed, driven. I hated the man. Still do. The difference between all the moments before I lit my fire and put rounds into the bastard and every moment since is what I learned in the instant I pulled last word from its leather. You're never fired. Never even moved a draw. Just stood straight and calm till my infernal lead tore through him. Then he dropped. It didn't register at first. Once he fell, the moment kind of hung there. I walked over. The world was quiet. And I squeezed off two more to be sure. I remember, remember a hint of joy well up inside me as I thought back on Jaren. I'd avenged him. I'd avenged Palamon and Durga, and North Channel, and all the rest. But my mind hung on Jaren, and my joy became tainted an uneasy feeling. The moment of Jaren's death played on repeat in my mind. Rapid fire. Jared's cannon, then yours, then silence long ago in a nowhere forest out west. Jaren never missed, yet he did. Your then didn't. But Jaren was no easy target. Was your? He hadn't flinched when I pulled steel. No movement. No change in his tone or words. I gunned him down mid-sentence as if he didn't care. He knew I would. Knew I'd draw. Knew I'd fire. So, why the talk? Why have words when he knew mine would be loud? Mine would be death? Maybe you'll understand this without further explanation. Maybe you won't. But the answer is, and it set my course for every moment after, because he believed in me. Yes. Okay, what you guys can't see right now is Elman and Hyvis both, like, just freaked out in the exact same manner when that ended. My heart is racing, and I, I was like, oh okay, my honey. God. deep breath. 
I don't think you understand, babe. This babe. is stuff that people breathing? have thought about. Breathing? I'm gonna, okay. I do know. I, I legitimately do know. Go to the bottle. Yeah. Take to the bottle. It's a depressant. It'll calm you down. Okay. Deep breaths, and let's move into some comments. No, I just need you to comment. I need you to get into what if you understand. <laughs> Come on, let's do this thing, babe. <clears throat> so basically, he kills Dredden. Your. Let me specify here, because we are talking about multiples, just in that last card. You want to shorten um, The man who killed his third father, Jaren. And if I'm not mistaken, he killed him with the gun that Jaren gave him. So, um, that's kind of also... It is quoted that Dredgenor handed him his father's sword. Basically, he gifted the gun to the pupil. Straight something, like, out of a Star Wars movie slash, like, <laughs> sword... You know, he he gave him his father's weapon. Yeah, a Western, exactly. But basically, it sounds like, I don't know, it's weird. Because he, he specifically says that Jaren's death is kind of playing, like, on a reel in his head. But at the same time, he keeps thinking over and contemplating what just happened. Because Not he doesn't enough. understand why Yor did what Yor did. Yor didn't try to shoot back. Yor didn't try to do anything. Yor was talking. Yor was potentially trying to manipulate and do one last thing one last time um, to affect whatever it was that he potentially even put into motion so many years ago when he killed Jaren. Um, and, and, and think of it, though, because, like, you had a family member murdered, taken away from you, and you had the option to avenge them. And you are st- you have... Literally trained. He talks about how he trains on another planet to perfect this golden gun. You've trained for years. You finally have this person standing right in front of you. And instead of dueling you, he just starts talking. How you would just pull your gun and just fire. Walk up, fire off the last couple rounds. And then when that adrenaline, you would just be so hyped up. You would be so proud that you had avenged your father of all these towns that have been destroyed. But everything you had been working on it's over. That adrenaline stops, and your mind starts thinking about who are you after that. Yeah, that's kind of the big thing. But then you start thinking, and you realize none of this has ever made sense. Where does that put me? Yeah. No, I agree, and I totally understand that. From Jaren's death to yours death, none of it makes sense. Um, even just as a reader, none of it makes sense from the little bit that I know. Um, which is it, why, which is why he says me... here, maybe you'll understand without further explanation. Maybe you won't. I think when Elamist, I myself read this card first time, I knew what was being, what was happening. I understood what he meant, but that's because I've heard the original story. But this is also why they go into this. They're, tr- I love how they're yeah. pulling in new readers. You've never but read what, the original story, so you don't what know what happened. Makes me sad time. here. It's really fitting. Is that this is how Shin spent his life. Oh, he's, he's going to talk about because how he messed up. from the he's little bit up. that I know of Jaren, I don't think this is what Jaren wanted for him. I, right. I think Yor manipulated him exactly how Yor wanted to. And Shin never got to be the person Jaren actually wanted. Which is sad. And I, I realize this by your hypothetical because... Again, let's go back to my father. Let's say he had died of cancer and someone had killed him. The one thing I would know about my father is that he would not want that to be my life's mission. 
the one thing I, I know about my father still to this day and what has always been told to me is how much my father loved life and always wanted me to continue doing so without him. So to think that that was the complete opposite here, that that is so not what Shin did, that Shin's entire life became to avenge this, this killing. Yeah. It's so sad. It's especially it's because then once it <clears throat> happens, it's like, yay, success. Like you at realize. least your whole life wasn't a complete and total waste for what you were doing. But at the same time, your life is not over. You have been acting as if it is because Jaren died. And now you're realizing your life is not over. Your mission, however, is. And what the hell are you supposed to do now? Yeah. And we're going to talk about how, why he now, he views Dredge and Yor and almost thanks him for this. Because when we, we'll talk a little, once now, what Shin is compared to what, um, what uh, Jaren was, very different. Jaren was an amazing guardian, but I don't think it's giving anything away. But Shin was the first person to develop the golden gun. And would he ever have developed this? Would he become such a powerful guardian who quite ultimately is almost training us, who might be this spectacular chosen one? Um, was this all played out for a reason? Was Shin's life meant to be something bigger? And why did Jaren die and Shin not? Was Jaren just a stepping stone to get to Shin? And was Dr- but... was Dredgen Yor the 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 you know the person throwing like that stone? Did he have to be? Did he have to do what he had to do in order to play these events in motion? And like that's kind of what we're kind of seeing, almost like foreshadowing and like Shin's going through these things. Like what's going on here? He's confused. But again, that's what makes me sad is that. All of these things were set into motion to make Shin the way he was. And I know this is a fictional character, so I shouldn't be thinking this deeply into it. But if this had been a real person and there was some kind of similar, maybe even less murdery parallel to it, it makes me sad because the actions of others determined Shin's entire life. And yeah, maybe he did great things, but would he have been happier? With a little now, less greatness and a normal life. And I agree. But remember how he said we're thinking of him this way because he was painted as the victim? He has now been painted as the victim and you are feeling this way. But the story of Shin's not done. And he's not the victim that you think he is. So I'm not I saying say he's a victim in the murder. A, I'm saying he's a victim in the manipulation. No, I agree. But I think that explains... This is why these, this story yeah. is so awesome. Because there are so many different layers to dissect. And he ultimately was the victim, as he said. But so far... I, think he was, only, I honestly yeah. think everyone looks at him as the victim <clears throat> of... Oh, your third daddy died. You've had a hard life. This is sad. I don't see him as that kind of victim, mainly because I grew up being you know told the, your yeah, father you know died, but though. you're not allowed to be a victim. Yeah. Yes, that sucks, but do not victimize yourself. And so I don't see him as a victim because yeah. of the way I was raised. I see him as a victim in the manipulation. And that was something that we never got yeah. originally when we got the story. We didn't get him as a manipulation. This is helping us to appreciate why we will figure out why he is possibly the way he is now. And why I think it adds a lot of emotion to it. Because, like you said, he's not the victim like we thought he was. Just this, oh, this poor kid finally got revenge. No, this poor kid was manipulated in order to get revenge. Yeah. In some way. 
we don't quite have all the information yet. You know, some of my stuff is just kind of theorizing, but well, and, and this has got stuff. Well, <laughs> so. and like it, like you were saying, I mean, it, it, it's pure manipulation. Um, I mean, he's trained for years to get to the point that he could kill Yor. Yeah. And Yor doesn't even draw his own gun. He just lets Shin kill him. Yeah. But he didn't let Jaren kill him. And that's what's crazy. And why I'm not telling you to now, especially you there, Mrs. Ivan, as someone who's new to this, think that Trejan Yor is this hero character to think of. But Shin no, ends with... because I pissed at him but but for the manipulation. Yes, but Shin <laughs> ends with, because he believed in me. And that's not something that you think about when you think of the murderous, like, Dredge evil your. in your life. Yeah, Dredge and Yor, the person who wants to end all hope. Um, it's just very, very different than we have ever thought about Dredge and Yor. And it's yeah. also crazy that that is coming from Shin, the person who has felt it more than anyone. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm pissed at Dredge and Yor because he put that ball in motion. And well, let's took get on because from Shin. because Shin is gonna. I'm we're, I'm kind of like theorizing without saying stuff, but Shin is going to explain. He's not just leaving us hanging here. He truly is going to explain everything as we continue on. So I'm ready to move on. Yep. I I'm I'm giving. I've already given my allotted out half an hour of ranting. I'm probably going to give an extra hour for this episode. I apologize. <laughs> All right. I'm going to move in to our next card titled Suffering. And here we flip again in the story. 1.1. Evolution is stunted by complacency. Comfort is unto death. Confidence is a lie. 1.2. Suffering is the catalyst for change. To fear the suffering is to remain. 1.3. The origin of suffering is all we do not know. 1.4. The unknown is not welcoming. It is your enemy. 1.5. Be ever violent as you rage against the ignorance that threatens to stall your growth. 1.6. The quest for knowledge is the purest war. 1.7. Life is war within and without. Suffering is not pain. It is life. Look to your suffering and know that it is a gift for only those who strive truly suffer. All else are simply made to. 11th Understanding, 7th Book of Sorrow. Now that the true suffering begins, that we could restrict it solely to ourselves is our greatest desire, but such is not possible. Others will be caught in our wake. For us to achieve the goal set forth Others will pay a price they do not understand. Such is the way, and we cannot allow ourselves to be deterred. Vale's pain is multifaceted and could easily fray should the truth be gleaned by anyone who would challenge us. Still, it is worth the effort as there is no guarantee of our success. That our lone example, the dreaded Yor, failed so tragically suggests a similar fate is not beyond our grasp should we falter at any point. Yet, we must try. 
must forge ahead into the night and welcome the suffering to come with open mind and open arm. This is our charge. This is our purpose. Not all heroes may walk freely in the light. Hand-scrawled note accompanying Tevin Gray's personal translation of ancient hive text. <laughs> so, dude, this understanding is a lot more violent. Okay, but um, before it gets violent, there is a couple of like really accurate things. I wouldn't yeah. necessarily violent as much as it is encouraging you to make the most out of your suffering. You know, it doesn't say go kill people, but it says as I think it's more. You can apply it in a less violent way. I think it's to be applied right. to yourself as the pain that you receive can become greater. I also think it's perfectly placed after the last card we read. Right. Remember, these were hand scrawled notes from possibly Dredgen uh, Yor. These might have been his philosophy. We just talked about him causing pain to Shin, so I think it's Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, I mean, it, it's reading the actual understanding portion. It, it's another thing that I, I'm looking at, and I'm like, yeah, I've, I've applied that kind of philosophy to my life. I agree. You know, yeah. look to your suffering and know that it is a gift. For only those who strive truly suffer. All else are ma simply made too. Yeah, the best things in life, they say, are hard to get. Yeah. And um, it's like, people don't learn if they stay still, you know? Like, yeah, the, the thought is, when you stop asking questions, you stop learning. And when things yeah. stop happening, you stop learning. Or people say comfort for, leads to... For your brother, the death march, suffering to learn. Yeah, ex yeah. exactly. Well, yeah. They, comfort is onto death, competence is a lie, because it stunts evolution by, you know, the complacency. And that's, like, perfectly fitting. If your, your brother had to go through the death march in order to get, like, to where he wants to get. So, I mean, it's, it's dark-sounding, but it's not as crazy when you start dissecting it, right? Yeah. Right. I can see how people could stumble across like, this. Like, maybe they're applying it in it. a really dark way, but there are good applications to it. And I would say almost, I'm looking forward to you kind of getting this, Mrs. Hyven, because up till now, have you heard any specific points about the Dredgens actually going and killing people? You've just uh, heard them talk about his people, right? Yeah. They have caused death, but you'll see the death that they have caused is not quite much you might have thought. Um, they're not just running out and killing innocents. We'll talk about uh, who I would argue is suffering is not quite as dark as you might think you know i'm thinking to the whole callum situation elemist that the people who do die some might be innocent but they're not all pure you know what i'm saying it's not like yeah. we're killing happy innocent people um and also it's, point, it's not like civilians are dying yeah we're Lightness. not killing civilians this is not they're not like bombing cities these are not terrorists these are like an undercover like splinter group kind of like covert operation um and elemist what did you think about Vale's plan. So, number one, I think this shows that Vale is kind of the leader. Vale's plan. And also, Vale's plan is multifaceted and could easily fray should the truth be gleaned by any who would challenge us. That point makes me think that Tevin does know the truth. But I know that, once again, I think John Goff said that he put multiple things in here to make you go either way throughout the card. 
Well, and and at this point, I mean, you and I know the truth. Yeah. But is it the only truth? It's true. I mean, it's a multi multifaceted plan, regardless if you know that kind of like bombshell. So, yeah, you can argue both sides. You're right. This is kind of the thing that made me think that Tevin Gray knows everything. And I just kind of assumed that until I heard other people saying that maybe they didn't think that they did. And that changed my whole outlook on some of these cards. The interaction with Callum changed based off of that information. So I think that's definitely a a talking point throughout this whole thing. Yeah. And I just want to give a shout out to... (laughs) Sounds stupid. My favorite superhero. I'm going to give a shout out to Batman. because Right? It was so Batman. Batman. It was so Batman. Not all heroes may walk freely in the light. Batman is truly one of my favorite uh, comic book characters. It was Batman. I was trying not to say it. (laughs) That's what they remind me of. Like, they understand that certain actions need to be taken, that you cannot always be the... uh, You can't always be Superman, you know? You can't always be... He's not the hero the tower deserves. Yeah. But he's the hero (laughs) it needs. Right. (laughs) But that is really fitting. A lot of the important stuff that happens in, like, the world kind of goes on in the background. We just talked about it. All the best stuff on our podcast, Elemis does in the background. <laughs> He's the hero we want and need. So. Amen. <laughs> and on that note, I'm covering the next card, A Shadow's Worth. See, once again, you guys, he doesn't like to accept his praise. He's so freaking humble. That's, he needs that transition sound every time we come in to Elemis. <laughs> All right, then. Transition, brother. <laughs> Transition Brother is definitely my favorite. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Your wasn't faster than Jaren, and Jaren didn't miss. Your was just more than Jaren. Your was other. It took fire to burn him down. And Jaren, for all his gifts, was lacking in fire. We all were. Not saying I was first. The lessons I learned. The ability I honed to ignite my rage and direct it through my cannon? Those were hard lessons learned on a hard, hot planet. Before Osiris's exile. Before the gap. My pilgrimage was long and pained and driven by my hate. But that was the point. Skill was not enough. Confidence was no weapon. Not when faced with the terrors of the dark. Yor knew this. Yor counted on it. So when Jaren faced him down, Yor gave him the first shot. Offered freely. But Jaren's lead wasn't enough. And when Yor replied, his sickness consumed Jaren's light and left me, once again, an orphan. Once again, weighed down by sorrow and anger, Yor sought to gift me Jaren's prize as a means to tempt me. And it did. When that gun finally met my hand again, it was the catalyst that drove me to find a way to avenge all I had loved. It was a selfish pursuit. But when Yor and I finally met on the flat, high ridge, I was ready. And, as I would come to find, so was he. 
ready to offer his final lesson, his final gift, a final push toward my true destiny. One that would put me at odds with heroes in order to ensure our worlds are filled with fewer monsters. It was a path I was sure to walk alone until I found others, until I found trust, until I found hidden value in that which I had always feared. Shadows. S. So this is, this is almost, I don't even know where to start. Uh, but start with usually the beginning. I, I don't though. I kind of want to start with the end there. That was like <laughs> beautiful. You know the fact. Um, yeah, but we'll start at the beginning because why not? He he paints it perfectly. Jaren was the gunslinger, practically not necessarily in the sense of the solar subclass, but he was like that old school Western gunslinger. He had the fastest draw. He had the best aim. This he side was Mississippi. he was like the ultimate guardian at the time, and we see that this was well before Osiris's exile, before the gap, before any like these things where you know guardians were harnessing their light to you cast supers and stuff. He was like one of the OG guardians who just was amazing. So he didn't miss. Dredgenor wasn't faster than him, but Dredgenor was something. Unlike Jaren Ward, Jaren Ward did not have the ability to kill him. As it says, um, Yor was other. It took fire to burn him down. So he basically, and, and then he continues on, and then before, and that's when he goes on that, you know, the, the reason he was able to do it was because he burned him down to, with fire. He honed his rage to ignite his cannon. He learned this through hard lessons learned on a hard, hot planet years and years he he honed to learn how to cast the first golden gun and that fire that true use of the light what was able to burn out what was dredgenor but he says dredgenor gave jaren the first fight first shot and when that wasn't enough to finish him he fired back likewise he wasn't able to kill him let me give his pistol to his pupil Let's see if the pupil can become more than the master. Sure enough, they meet up again. Give Shin the first shot. Shin took that chance that he was given. He honed his power. It was enough to kill Dredgenor. Therefore, Dredgenor ultimately succeeded in his goal. From the onset, I had always thought that Dredgenor sounded like maybe he wanted to die. I used to think it was because maybe some type of regret. I think he was looking for someone who had the ability to finish him. I think he was leading this passive destruction to possibly find someone who, who, who meant something. You know what I'm saying? It sounds corny, but he was like looking for the chosen one kind of thing. Someone needed to be worthy enough to kill him. And he didn't find it until he got to Shin, and he was happy to give himself up for that. It, it, it almost sounds like a Sith and his apprentice. Yeah, it's like the rule of two kind of thing. <clears throat> yeah. It, it really, I, that's exactly kind of what I feel like. Yeah, I mean, that, Mrs. Hyven, if you're not familiar, when the pupil is strong enough he, to kill his master, or he, when he thinks he's strong enough, he goes to try to kill his master, and one of them survives. 
There's only ever two Sith, a master and a pupil. When the pupil is strong enough, he kills his master, takes a new apprentice. That's weird. This is Star Wars. This is Star Wars. Yes, she knows Sith. This is the, <laughs> the this is the rule of two between the Sith. When they became lower in numbers, it was a way to stay in secret yet still keep the the lineage going. Uh, and and for those listening, Mrs. Hyman just, just showed gave us, us the birdies. double bird. Yeah, Drifter I just up that in here. One finger to lift in the air. <laughs> but does that make sense? Like it was painted so clearly for me here that it wasn't that. Um, he necessarily knew that Shin was like the chosen one would be better. It was just that he was giving everyone the opportunity, if that makes sense. And Shin was able to like actually, uh, I don't know, take it to the bank, bank on it. Shin you know, actually. was the only one to actually. Yeah. But like, can you imagine that? All the fights he got in, he was kind of looking for someone who possibly. I almost think whatever he learned from the hive, whatever darkness infiltrated his head, he knew that somebody more than just the average happy guardian was going to be needed. And as Mrs. Hyman said, in a, in a manipulative kind of way, his path was to steal hope from those so that he could drive somebody to become more, to reach this next level that was going to be needed in the future. And I mean, that makes me think of like drifters got this fear of what's happening somehow. Like it's almost like yeah. dredging that another collapse was going to happen and that we were going to need stronger guardians. Like, I don't want to paint dredging your as a hero because even his own shadows say that he tried and horribly failed. But I think his original ideology might have had some, I think there was a little bit of Rezal Azir, Rezal Azir still in there. And that, there was some, I would hope to say that maybe there's, there was some meaning in all of the horrible crap he did. It, see, I'm taking it simply as he built himself up and then decided, I am the test to find yeah. Yeah. A, a person strong enough. Yeah, and then that makes whatever's coming. And where else to find those people? other than fighting in the Crucible, you know? He was killing Guardians in the Crucible. He was surrounding himself by Guardians to try to take him out. And nobody could. So that's why, and then I think it was, it's just kind of fitting. He, exactly, he was the test. He was the, the benchmark to see who could finish him off. And then I love how it said that your, he offered his final lesson, his final gift, a push toward my true destiny. And then here's my, the part I kind of want to talk about, one that put me at odds with heroes in order to ensure our worlds are filled with fewer monsters. So he flat out, flat out says that Yor gave him the gift, the power, to rid the world of monsters. But it's kind of odd that he said he was going to put him at odds with heroes. So once again, Shin is not the good guy. that we He's not that pretty boy that we might have always thought he was. Um, he's not the poster he, child for the light. Yeah, but he is... On the right side, you can say, right? You know, he's got the greater good in mind. And as he says, I was sure I would walk alone until I found others that I trust. So, yeah, great foreshadowing. I can see that we've already lost Mrs. Hyven, so I'm going to continue on. I'm here. Do you have anything to add? Like, like you were... I feel like you just can't. I feel, I feel like I've robbed you of joy because I've never read you these original cards. You are getting like. 
it's like I don't know, like watching the last episode of like a trilogy or like a good like you know series of books. You read like the last book, and like people are just like freaking out, and you're like, "Do you understand?" And you're like, "I didn't get the setup, guys. It's just a bunch of punchlines for me." No, I do, but I thoroughly understand. I think we read enough that I do get it, and that's good. I I do think that it's crazy, but sometimes it's a little harder for me to get into some of your guys's like really far rabbit trails no, because understand. i'm kind of just like no this was this was good enough on its own <laughs> so sometimes for me i'm just like i liked this card as is if your rabbit trails are you know come true then awesome but if not this is well, also i'm, I'm me fine with like, this you know you I mean, you're not like a you're not a big like reader. You're not a big fiction like story kind of person. Whereas like that kind of stuff is like really always big big for me in my life. You know, I am a I'm kind of a science fiction fantasy nerd. So like, mm-hmm. I paint myself into these worlds kind of stuff. So that's why I go on tangents. And I think for you, it's just like that was a cool story. I'm going to bed. Yeah, so, but I that's what we had to into like worry and stress so. oh good <laughs> well that's why that's you have my fantasy life. and science fiction man so you don't have to real think about the real world right that's all why right. in our house we stopped watching dramas and now all we watch is comedies and sci-fi you, shows i mean i didn't stop but you did okay, she likes well, to watch in oh. our collective shows that's <laughs> all we watch all right let's move on then to anger one, one. As knowledge blossoms, know that you know nothing. One, two. Eternity extends beyond our grasp. This is no flaw. Design. One, three. To know all is not the task. To know all you can is your charge. One, four. As your view expands, you will begin to see those left behind as other, as adversaries. One five, ignorance riles the hearts and minds of those on an elevated path. One six, your adversaries will be many, such as the weight upon all who challenge the hollow rule of stagnation. One seven, let your anger guide you, let drive you toward greater learning as you conquer unknown roads, leaving the well worn to ash. Ignorance is not passive. It is a living, aggressive failure that angers the hearts of all who seek to evolve. Twelfth Understanding, Seventh Book of Sorrow. I thought it would take some convincing, but Call has agreed to splinter from the group, not in actuality, but as a bait for the renegade. Our rival has given us rope with which to hang ourselves, but the further we embark down our path, the more that rope begins to tighten. What we must do next, the next steps in our continued evolution, will surely be seen as a bridge too far. A confrontation seems inevitable unless we can make plays that shift our hunter's focus. I have some concerns that Vale's plan will lead the misguided among our growing number to overreach their ambition to venture beyond their means and fall forever into the abyss. But then, if the renegade is truly the threat we proclaim, such worry is misplaced, as he will no doubt play his part and thin the herd, as it were. Of course, there is a price beyond the blood of the lesser among our ilk. Call will be missed 
but remembered for his sacrifice. Hand-scrawled note accompanying Tevin Gray's personal translation of ancient hive text. Okay, so first of all, I really like the first line. As knowledge blossoms, know that you know nothing. Because I feel it's so accurate. I feel like so many people will tell you that the more they learn on a subject or the more they look into something, the more questions they end up having. Agree, um, yeah, perfect. So I really, I really liked this, the 12th understanding. Um, I, liked, I liked this. But the hand scroll note, while I understand some of it, I don't understand all of it. It's one of the um, big ones. I don't understand what Call is doing exactly here, and I feel like that's something important that I need to know. You want to start, Elamist? So, well, like, I, I don't know the specifics of what Dredgen Cull was doing. Uh, like, it, it says here, you know, he splintered from the group. Not in actuality, but as bait for the renegade. And it will talk about some of his... Right. How he did things. But, yeah, we don't actually get exact actions. And, like, the first time we ever heard of Callum in-game was from a mission um, as part of the Malfeasance quest. Drifter tells us, hey, go to the Dreaming City, find out about my friend. And so we do. We hop into the Ascendant. or something? (laughs) Well, we hop into the Ascendant plane. Yeah. The Ascendant realm. And we happen across scorch marks of a person on a rock uh defeat some taken and then all of a sudden we get it's like a voice file yeah that's why i think because it's the ascendant realm it's us seeing some type of vision kind not exactly a vision but you know what i'm saying we're not like we're seeing it's not like it was actually recorded i don't think at least for my my understanding because we're seeing i don't know if necessarily Callum was killed in the Ascendant Realm. Does that make sense? Like, it's kind of like it being portrayed for us to see. I don't know. Like, I I haven't thought too much on that aspect. I I looked at it going, oh, we're being privy to... Inside information, yeah. The conversation. And we know it's actual, you know, actually being played to us because our ghost is like, Drifter, you have a lot to explain. And so, like, bottom line there, Callum met with the Renegade and met his end. Yeah, he says something to the effect of, you can't kill us all, and the Renegade pulls out his golden gun and shoots him to a just ash mark on the wall. So is Shin the Renegade? Yeah, that was what he said at the very beginning. Okay, I just just wanted to confirm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, like whenever we say Shin or the Renegade the, or, or the man with the golden the man gun, with the golden gun it, it's all the same person. Like he's got a dozen different names. And so yeah, and it's going to talk about that later, kind of a little bit more about his sacrifice. We see that basically you can kind of get a little understanding. Um, our rival has given us rope which to hang ourselves. Um, if we go too far, the rope's going to tighten. Basically, they understood that they were being chased, and they needed to. They needed to put out a goat. Um, people will say that what we're about to do surely be seen as a bridge too far. 
Um, so you can say that this is one of those things that everyone says is like horrible. This is what I was talking about, about people dying. Um, it continue on. Basically, call has been volunteered, um, but also willingly to splinter off to the group. And as it says, um, he's concerned that by doing this, uh, their growing numbers will overreach their ambition, venture beyond their means and fall forever into the abyss. So basically, Call is leading off as a splinter group to um, lead the renegade after them to kill. However, as Tevin says, he's worried that um, these people who are just as sacrifices, because they are being led by this splinter group, possibly to be a little bit darker, um, he thinks that maybe they will become a little too dark. So this is some of those, like, innocent people that I talk about could be dying. You know, he's worried that some of these guardians might overstep the line and kill innocent people. But he says at the same time, if the renegade truly is, is the threat we think he is, he'll be taking them out. But that is also why they said, you know, this bridge is too far, or why I've said before that, yeah, they do do killing, but they're not killing innocents. Basically what's happening is Callum is going to lead a splinter group of radicals in order to throw them off of the trail of the original group. So that Shin hunts down and kills that splinter group. So why they are sacrificing people. They are not sacrificing the purest of heart. As we said, people who are willing to go down a far path. And just, as, and just as a quick note. So Callum took the name Dredgen Cull. Yeah, that's so funny. Right. Like, the word Cull means... To choose or gather the best or required examples, to take out an animal uh, from a herd, to reduce the size of a herd or flock by killing a proportion of its members, or to gather. This is Hyvin. I know you watched Target Atlantis with me. They caught a calling. Yeah. The wraith come in, That's thin what the herd, or yeah. kill people. So yeah, yeah, he is thinning the herd. It's so fitting. These names are so perfect. Right. Yeah, no, that's what it made me think of, too. Uh, Dredgen Vale? <laughs> uh, that name's very... Not... <laughs> we'll get we'll there. We'll get to that in two more cards. But, so does that give you a little bit of understanding of Callum, what if Callum's doing? The next cards are actually going to go into how... It's kind of going to... Well, this is. It'll go into how much does everyone know about what's going on. It almost becomes kind of a, a sad moment when we see um, him talking to the Renegade especially because we thought Callum was a horrible person. Now that we know that he wasn't one of these super dark, everyone thought he was like the darkest of the dark dredgens. He was like the dark dredgens, you know, the evil part of the shadows. We now know that he was kind of just faking in order to be a distraction, but also thin the herd of these super, basically the people who were going to turn into dredgen yore. Yeah. He's killing the future yours. So he actually is performing a great sacrifice. And I He's... would say a good deed. He's acting as the visible example of what will happen if you go down that road. And then you can argue they are the ones who made these people, so they're responsible for them. Um, so, you know, he's not really much of a hero. But at the same time, if we are to believe that what they are doing truly is for a greater goal, then he is making sure that anyone who embarks on that journey is ultimately of noble mind and not going to turn into Dredgenior a mass murderer. So that is that is why I say you can kind of argue that these shadows are good or bad. They're kind of gray. They've been gray. 
Oh my god, okay. I'm moving on to the next card. I'm done with this pun. <laughs> Alright, the next card is emptiness. <clears throat> Excuse me. 1.1. Any who fear knowledge are empty of purpose. Be unlike them. Be their rival. 1.2. Become the destroyer of hollow things. 1.3. None are equal to those who tread upon existence in search of impossible eternity. 1.4. All who fail to strive beyond the known are lacking in truest meaning. 1.5. Your enemies would taint all you hold dear. They know no other way. 1.6. Emotion is not required when removing obstacles from your path. 1.7. Obstructions are either ignorant of the greater good or actively against it. Destroy them. To rend one's enemies is to see them not as equals but objects, hollow of spirit and meaning. Thirteenth Understanding, Seventh Book of Sorrows. The ruse worked. Cole's radical speech gathered the weaker among our number. A splintered group of radical shadows hell-bent on worshipping darkness and bending to its will. He preached a doctrine of hate empowered by total corruption, and the lesser minds who flocked to our purpose were drawn in like flies to filth. More important, the renegade took the bait, turned many to ash, turned call to ash, a failing on two fronts. First, Cole's sacrifice bought us time and distance. Second, it rallied many of our newest recruits against the renegade. Sides are being chosen, and Bale's recording of Cole's death will draw those most eager to tempt darkness. All is proceeding as we envisioned. Hand-scrawled note accompanying Tevin Gray's personal translation of Ancient Hive text. This goes directly into yeah into what we just talked about yeah. for the last card. I saw that too. So we see that Callum, or Dredging Cole, um, just was just going radical, just for the sake of being radical. Um, yeah, to draw full on out... worshiping the darkness. There's, there was no light involved anymore, <clears throat> right? And, and that was primarily just to draw out the renegade. You know, it, it was and just the last line, as it said, cleans the right. filth. It said, right. Um, so to keep this short, because we really want to get into the next card. Um, uh, again, it's another good understanding. Yeah, the understanding talks about how, you know, sacrifice is not linked to emotion. Um, you know, what needs to be done needs to be done is kind of what I got out of it, which is exactly kind of what Callum is doing and what the shadows are doing in order to further their their missions. That's kind of what I got from the understanding. Yeah. And then, and... of course, we see that veil set up for Cal's death to be recorded. Yep. For Calls or Callum's death to be recorded. So that helps us to understand why we got that recording. Can we please um, move on? Because I have so many questions. Yeah, so that's that's what we're leading up. Just know that Callum wasn't horrible, and I think we'll come back to this card after we read the next, because it, once again, 
it makes it sound as if Tevin doesn't know the truth, but if all of them knew the truth, the interaction, this interaction with Callum is kind of sad, and we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, but okay. Elements, take away, I hate you. I get the best card of the book. Can I split it with you? I'll read the second, the invitation part. Just kidding. You go ahead. I'm so mad. So, just read it. I have so many questions. Uh, and I'm only... The truth. Go, go, go. All right. Revelations okay. and invitations. A revelation. So now, the truth. You've earned it. My name is Shin Malfer. My name is Zyre Orsa. My name is Dredgen Vale. And all who fall to darkness will answer to my steel. The shadows, the drifter's gambit, the seeding of fear that the infamous man with the golden gun was on the hunt, blinded by allegiance to the light and gunning for all who tempted the darkness. Unnecessary deception, offering two paths in order to draw out those eager for power beyond their means. Malfeasance was a gift. A sample to gauge the true hearts of those who reveled in the Drifter's games. Those sated by its wicked power were kin enough to know their limits. Those hungry for more? A danger worth tracking. In some cases, a danger in need of confrontation. But the game has only just begun. And I risk much like this here. Me offering you the olive branch of truth and trust. Yes, I have led you to believe I was your friend. And the shadows, my enemy. And yours. If all I have just revealed calls that into question, know that it shouldn't. The shadows are a danger. We are guided by the evolved and controlled methods of Dredgen Yor. Except... Instead of death and destruction, I am offering the mysteries and powers of the darkness as bait for those who would otherwise go freely into the abyss. I have built the perfect trap with which to cull the weak-willed, and it is working. S. An invitation. The Vanguard and I are not enemies. We simply have different methods. But to their credit, they have allowed my actions, as they have a wide array of concerns to fill their attention. Not that they haven't helped in small ways. Snippets of conversations to plant the shadows as a threat. Feigned ignorance of the Drifter's game and its consequences. Zavala prefers more straightforward tactics, but even he agrees that as Guardian numbers grow, it is vital to test the true metal of those trusted with the safeguarding of our fragile survival. But others, the guardians who have joined me, Tevin, Braga, Jonah, Zana, they are all believers in our cause. And Callum, the truest hero who made the purest sacrifice, his death was noble. And by my hand. But not a hateful thing. His part was. And remains. Key 
to sealing the temptation of any who would give themselves to sorrow's road. All who take up arms in his name will be enemies of all he held dear, and they will be punished. You have my word. I am burdening you with the full reality of the gambit at play, because I believe in you. My earlier words, my gifting of the last word, that was earned, and all true. You are the future of this war. You, and a few like you, are the warriors who can walk the line between light and dark. And so, I ask you, are you up to the task? Or have I risked all I've struggled to build on a hero who is not yet ready to become a legend? S. Let me hear it, Mrs. Hyven. Let's go. What? <clears throat> what? Now that I you just... know this, you could reread this whole <laughs> card, this whole story, and you would have a completely different... Not just this card, but the other card, too. All the stories. All of them, where they're talking Everything. about this, you know, don't go into the darkness, or I might just have to kill you. Did Shin not just tell you at the beginning of the story mm -hmm. that he was painted in a certain light, which made us feel that way about him? He warned us that the reason we have the viewpoint of good and evil is because the picture's been painted that way. But if we knew the truth, it's a little bit more gray. And now... He's literally the head of good and evil. But, right. So the question is, who knows about this? Up to this point, he's told no one. The question is, we don't actually even know if the shadows know who he is. Um, right. So that, this is what me and Elemist have been alluding to this whole episode about, episode about who knows. Um, did Callum, Callum know that his good friend was standing on the other side of him about to kill him? Vale recorded it because he was the one who killed him. That's why he has the recording. He recorded the conversation. Did Callum, Callum knew he was making a sacrifice for his buddies for the greater good. But did he also know that the person who had to kill him was his friend? Um, and Tevin Gray. Does Tevin Gray... Kevin's Gray talked about how he has this convoluted plan that if anyone knows the secret, things go wrong. So it's like, who knows? I think that his inside group, maybe those six, maybe just Tevin, maybe Calumny let in. But up till now, the only thing that we know are we're the only people that he has told. Yeah, because he can't he let is. the others know because the whole point is. Yeah, can't get out. It's that... got to stay very, very close. But additionally, because the whole point is anybody who went with Callum or anyone who takes up arms in Callum's name, those are the ones that have been deemed too dark to actually be a part of this yeah. gray area. He was the one who let Drifter do the gambit. He was the one who gave this malfeasance to tempt everyone to see how far they would go. That is why he told us to be careful, because he would gun us down. We didn't know that he was also the one tempting us. Yeah. But this comes back to... When you said Dredgenor manipulated him, when he realized what happened, this is why he viewed it as a gift. He realized what he had to do. He realized that he had a larger part to play. He, in effect, without becoming the murderous, as they said, crazy person like some of these people are going to be, some of those people like Dredgenor, what did he say? They're following the controlled methods of Dredgenor. He, uh, he was, he in effect, Dredgenor, yeah. where he had to make himself that villain, but also he had to be responsible he had to make himself the villain so that those good people could be tested the same way he was. 
but at the same time, he had to be there as a cleansing to, to make sure system. to make sure that nobody went too <laughs> far. Um, and he also understood that the darkness was powerful, but that it tempted people beyond what they could handle, and they could turn into Dredgenior. So he is not only trying to... So this is not only an elaborate plan to get out all of the possible Dark Guardians, but this is also an elaborate plan to make people more the same way Dredgenior did for him, which is why he viewed it almost as it's a like, gift. I want to make is... you stronger, but if you can't handle it because you truly are dark down deep, Either one of these is going to come out. You're either going to be forged in fire or I'm going to find out that you actually have these deep, dark tendencies yeah. that eventually would have come out and become dangerous. And that needs to be cleansed. It's Which a crazy sounds, again, plan, a little bit but, culty, but almost yeah. ingenious. But, and, and he started small. He said, I'm going to give everyone malfeasance. People who are interested Pseudo in it. Shen. He says people who are interested in it. Um, okay. Well, he said, start off. People who are not interested in it. You guys will be the normal guardians like Jaron Ward. There's nothing wrong with that. You You're guys a control can... group. Yeah. He says yeah. people who are, who are satiated with that little bit of darkness and can use it properly. He says, good on you guys. You guys could possibly brought into the fold of people who have to, who have to train and learn. And, but then he says, you dark guardians who just fed on this and fed on the killing. You guys are too far. I'm going to end you. And we are kind of, we, and he says a couple, and a few others, for me, that is basically all of the in-game players who, you know, us millions of people who have gotten this letter. You know what I'm saying? That's breaking a little bit of the fourth wall. But I think he recognizes that we are the ultimate. We were able to handle malfeasance. We were then able to handle Thorn. And last word, we are very special. We are the, this is why I said at the beginning, we're the only guardian to do these things, which is why we're the only person he is willing to tell. He is bringing us he into even, the fold. This is, it's crazy because he even states, he says, um, who is this not ready to This card was ruined for me before legend. I read it, too. <sighs> exactly, yeah. Well, yeah, that's why he's telling us. He's telling us because he thinks that we, Destiny's motto, become legend. Um, yeah. But again, this that is, whole that is thing the slogan just Destiny, tells me that legend. Destiny is setting season three up. For oh, yeah. For it to have more darkness incorporated. And I will say, yeah, not only does like some of the stuff about how we could be dark or light guardians, um, we now know that through in-game stuff that the pyramid ships are coming. They're coming, which, which means which, Shirayo you know, is coming back, no, and we're going to have we, a happily ever after. Which we know, or we don't know, but it seems could possibly be the original like form of the darkness. So Shin has been prepping us in the same way drifter is prepping to stay alive shin is prepping for an all-out war and he is trying to make i would say like a unified front he doesn't i mean because if you have guardians because as drifter understands guardians are not he saw he, he grew up with the time of the risen guardians are not naturally all good dredge i mean uh drifter's scared of all of this craziness he wants it all gone um you know veil or Shin knows it's not going to go anywhere, but that they can at least cleanse some of this darkness. And we see people yeah. like uh, Drifter or Dredge and Hope who join their calls, but then decided it wasn't for him. Um, which is why it's not. Which is why Shin Muffer has never killed Drifter. He's not like gone full blown evil. But as we read from letters from the Renegade, he's watching him very closely, like he does everyone. Yeah. So this this whole thing is just crazy. I mean, 
the thing I always come back to is I want to know who knows. Can I mean, can you imagine if you had to go right. kill one of your close friends as a sacrifice, and you knew, and you had to look him in the eye? Like it's that could be really sad. And that's what I was talking about with the interaction with Callum. It's like when they had to put down Lassie because Lassie had rabies. Yeah, and then the thing is, they had to act it out. If if they truly knew, if he truly knew, they had to act out that last occurrence. I I, I don't know if Callum knew, but it's it's crazy to think about. And and like the conversation with Callum and everything the Drifter has told us, like it feels so genuine that either they are really good con men or they have no clue. Yeah, I don't know if they knew, man. I don't think Drifter knows. So yeah, I think in my heart of hearts, I think Tevin knows. I think that's it. I can un- I can see Tevin knowing. I think Tevin might know. But at the same time, I could see him not telling anyone. I could see that he, like Dredge and Yor, took this burden on himself and understood when he put all this stuff together what he had to do for his future and that he was going to take that burden on himself and now place it on our shoulders. So now you see why this card is so crazy and how that this is the first like story that we got into in Destiny 1 and that like this is happening five years later. I'm getting this craziness and that we're about to get more of this story in just a couple right. weeks in Season of Opulence, June 4th. This, a lot of this stuff is going to start it's, dropping. It's a week away. <sighs> Yeah, I feel like I didn't even cover everything, but like it's tiring, man. The brain is just like all over. Yeah. Ah, uh, dude. So, what do you think about this story, Mrs. Hyven? You've had two of like the best stories back to back. Um. What? You still there? I can't see you, hear- and you went. Can fine. you hear me? Oh. Yeah. Okay. I'm. Now. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. There we go. Oh, wait. Hold on. I accidentally pushed some buttons leaning on my headset, and then I couldn't hear. Because <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> because at no. this point, it's after midnight. Yeah, and I just remembered I have to go check on. It's not a school night, so you'll be fine. No, but I have to go check on the cats. I forgot what? to do that earlier today. What? I going to go check on cats. Ones that you agreed to never check on again? Yeah, but then she paid me, and... It's just one time. And anyway, it's, it's there's always that one more time when Cha-Ching is involved. Yeah. Anywho, not the point. Um, I like the Gambit story more. While this is a very good story. Maybe. But, you know, when, when it comes to no, Drifter... No, I like the Gambit got, story more. You got Drifter's story in the same way we did. Brand new. And um, I so think... you were able to... Hold Let me put this way. I like Gambit. I like Drifter's story more in the sense of the content of the story and the amount of um, it was storytelling. This is more yes. like whereas I really like this in the way of um, the turn at the end. It's complexity. Yeah. Well, I mean that's why it's called Every Rose yeah. a Thorn. Um, it's a perfect, it's a fitting title. And why, what, one of the first cards was called, like, sorry, what is that? The first card is called, uh, um, uh, that's a matter, a matter of, of trust. One, one of them has to do with, like, yeah, we have, like, suffering. The pain of what's right. The pain of, yeah, here's revelations and invitations. 
that yeah, the one we just read. It is that's why it is called it is a revelation and he's also inviting us to do more. So then it's it's definitely a different story than like yeah, I mean you like the storytelling. Um, I love the story. For sure, which is why you love the I also love the the clever complexity of this. And that's another thing I like is that these cards are not all one and the same. These cards and stories that Bungie tells are not all here's a template, make a new story to fit into this template style. You would um, love the, the original story then. It is truly a story. It was the first story we received. I'll make sure to read those to you as a bedtime story. I have the, They're even in a book now. Oh, yeah. they're, all, they're all compiled in the Grimoire Anthology book one. Yeah. And yeah, wait for book are. two. I asked for that email when they come out with it. Yeah, man. And even just that, that first book from the Grimoire anthology the compilation of all the grimoire is focused on like dark that's not kind of like where they're going with the story there's a little bit of darkness involved i really look forward to d3 i think we're gonna really look into a bit of it more about you know because as we've talked about in some of our other episodes it's just the or and i think you guys may have talked about with i don't know it has to do with a little bit of drifter in the nine the dogma of the traveler um we've just spouted about how the traveler is just so good, you know. We talked about in the Marasena when some of them left because they didn't think that the Traveler was all that. Um, Ada One, remember her mom? She talked about how the Traveler couldn't always be trusted. So we're finally seeing people acknowledging that they gotta they gotta do some stuff on their own. That well, and and that the Traveler isn't truly a gift. It's not. Yeah, exactly. It's not what you think it is. Um, I mean, <laughs> at the very <laughs> least. Um, I don't know. What do you think I think it is, though? Because I think the Traveler Eve is its its own cult that could potentially oh, no. be worse. Well, that's what I was going to say. At the very best, the Traveler was just running away and got stuck here and is kind of just trying to save itself. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is yeah. kind of the story of the Traveler. We really have no idea. We started worshipping this thing that was like, crap, my, my car broke down. Oh, some psychopaths are here to murder me. You guys want to help? Oh, you're worshipping me now. I'm gonna. It was like I'm my gonna car go. broke down. My car is dying. Car. Can you protect me for Let a me couple years? Let me just explode the parts all over the place so I can kind of still have pieces of it. No, he basically just said, "Let me pop the trunk." Oh, I got a couple bats. Here you guys go. Um, oh, right. they have guns. So, so practice. Um, I'm gonna fix my car. You uh, can you save me for a little bit? Keep I me safe. Protect me for a tish, but thanks. Just but for yeah, a man, bit. that is the story of. Shin Malfur. That's so it good. Is. It feels so good. So good. And I cannot wait to see the next portion of this story, man. I don't even know where they're going to go. I mean, I have an idea, but... No. What? We're not spending another hour going down that rabbit hole. We're moving to shout out. Literally stop talking. Okay, so I, I was idea. looking down, so I thought we were gearing up for a conversation. No. You told me to monitor. That's what I'm doing. No, I'm just saying, you can imagine what might happen next, but like, I don't think anyone knows exactly what kind of craziness yeah. is about to go down. All right, then. that's I've, I've freaked out enough, I think. It's pretty self-explanatory, I guess, at this point, now that you know everything. Go and back on that and get note, all this stuff in another light. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Like, I, listen to this a second time after the big revelation. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm looking forward to listening to it again at work <clears throat> when it posts. 
And I'm gonna, I look then, forward to reading the original story back to you. It's going to paint your view of it very differently than how I heard it originally. I'm excited yeah. to have bedtime stories again. <laughs> we used to just fall asleep for those, so this one you have to stay awake for. <laughs> oh, that's going to be hard. We'll read it one card at a time. Yep. <laughs> and on that note, uh, shout-outs. So I already gave my shout-out to my, you know, for my brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, second shout-out, Ishtar Collective, always. And third shout-out, so something happened, and I, I don't know specifically what, but Lore Master Beard Grizzly just, like, severed all social media ties moved all his YouTube videos to private, uploaded one last video just saying, I, I'm, I'm stepping away. I, I read his tweet that he said a lot of stuff lately has... I read his tweet, that he, his last like tweet, but I didn't know he made a video. And Something a lot is, of it... Yeah, I think some type of um, uh, just toxicity definitely... A lot there. of it. A <laughs> lot of it came from the toxicity from the nerfs that's what i think it's from yeah i think that's from yeah because i don't know bungie came out saying hey we're gonna be toning down these weapons to balance the game a little bit better and everyone overreacted saying you know it was very aggressive very aggressive by by some and and beard was just kind of like i i can't support that level of toxicity. That's, I'm out. That's kind of what I think. No, I mean, I think good he's for taking him a break. I think he doesn't want to be represented your, as a yeah. community like that. No, yeah. and like protecting your own mental health because people say real nasty things behind a screen, you know? So for him, like, if that's what he needs to do to take his time and make sure, like, he, you know, basically just doesn't become completely burned out on this to where it can be maybe something he could eventually come back to later. Um, and even if not, just to keep himself mentally healthy, then yeah, like definitely do that. And I, and I don't want to put like emotions on him because I don't know who he feels. I'm pretty sure I didn't listen to. I haven't. I've behind on Focus Fire Chat that he's part of because I'm a. Uh, I've been really busy with work, but I think Elmas said that even his closest friends don't exactly know what's going on. So I don't want to just assume. But I think if that is why he left, because he doesn't want to represent, be part of a toxic community right now. I totally understand that, and it's sad that that's kind of what, you know, we're resulting to. Yeah. But, you know, just know, if you <clears throat> some ever hear this, uh, Beard, just know that, like, there is still a community who, who loves this game, and we still do care about each other. So just remember that, like, you don't represent those toxic groups. Like, you've always, you're, you're a positive a role model, and I think why taking time for mental... Um, health is very important that also having those people having that light in the darkness is is still very important so i thank you for everything you do and i hope to see you back feeling good and uh yeah agreed yeah definitely a reminder to everyone else listening to try and always promote positivity you know one of those things that i always loved is at the end of every show for ellen she ends it with just be kind um it's something so simple but you know, like I said, a lot of people put up a lot of hateful things behind a screen. So I really just, you know, not that we have this huge platform or anything, 
Um, but just to the, the few of you who put up with us on a weekly basis, you know, we just want to encourage everyone to continue to stay positive and be kind to one another because this game means so many, so much to so many people, whether on the game level or the lore level um, or both, um, <clears throat> that I just, I don't want it to get ruined because the voices of the toxic people are louder than those who um, are kind and positive and loving in the community. Yeah. And I would like to say also that just because you're not personally attacking somebody, don't think that your negative comments don't affect others. Um, Cause this is a perfect example of uh, you can make some people, you can make people rage or you can make people genuinely hurt by your like hate or you know, toxicity towards a group or people, especially towards the creators of something that we all love. No matter how much you complain, if you're someone who complains and then continues playing this game, Bungie is trying to balance this game. And as much as I complained maybe about a couple of the nerfs too, I understand how, for example, like Whisper having infinite ammo makes it hard to balance bosses. Um, yeah. And, and, and it's that kind of stuff. They're trying to make a great game. So if they say, hey, this weapon, why it's really fun is making it hard for us to make enjoyable content. Because they understand that not that long ago, we were complaining about how, too, how easy everything was and how we would run through everything. We complain about we want this or that, but Bungie's always trying to attain balance. Um, so just remember, and, and especially we've had some people leave Bungie recently. Not saying that it's because of us, but I'm sure they got tired and wanted to move on to new things, which means they're going to get new staff. When they get new staff, they don't want to immediately be told how horrible their game is and how their work is. So... As Mrs. Hyman said, be kind to everyone, but understand that having games and having this community is a privilege. Um, while you paid for this game, you've put hundreds of hours into it. Um, I don't think that you have anything to complain about at this time. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, it just goes back to what our parents told us when we were younger. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. It's Which is why we never go into the negative. I don't think we've had a negative episode yet. Um, no. When there are nerves yeah. and things. We Especially try to just because like, that's we're not negative. what we're trying to do here. No. You know, I mean, this is, a, this, is a, this is a podcast that brings all three of us enjoyment and is, is just a, a little bit of, of light and maybe a rough week yeah. for us sometimes. If you want to hear our personal opinions, you can find those somewhere else. But, you know, as... On a, having this very small um, platform. Platform, yeah. that's what I'm looking for. We're trying to, to promote that positivity. So There's uh, enough bad in the I, world. I have to say, I don't really have a, any specific shout-outs. I would follow that up. Follow up on um, Elemis. Shout-out to, to Beard Grizzly. We wish you the best. Um, and to the whole community. Just please, please try to stay positive. We got a lot of good stuff coming up. Um, and Destiny 3, somewhere in the future. I think they're, they've never failed us. It's just to no. keep on this ride, man. If you don't like the game, play something else. There's a lot of great games. Yeah. I do have one other particular shout-out. I've shouted out this person before, but I'd like to do it again. On Twitter, it's uh, Kitia, but um, I believe her gaming handle is Orchid. Um, something Orchid. It's something new every yeah. once in a while. <laughs> Orchid, I think. Yeah, I know it's British Orchid now. Just... <laughs> Honestly, she's like this little honorary member to our group here. 
Uh, I mean, she is. She's one of the original plan mates. So yeah, but her She's support one of the people who encourage us to do on this. Twitter is just amazing. And Orchid, if you're listening, if you ever want to come on and guest, please, please do because I I truly love since I'm the one who does the Twitter um, account. <laughs> ah, you said the Twitter. <clears throat> As someone who personally was not part of, you know, like chatting it up as like a big clan member when we were all on the same clan, I didn't really personally talk to Orchid quite a bit. But now, you know, she's so um, she's so vocal with us on on our Twitter account, and I I love getting um, getting to chat with her. And she recently told me that she's gonna she's gonna be in solidarity with me and my because she uh so in Mister Mister I because I'm Mrs. Hyman I always called him Mister Hyman. <laughs> Uh, when Hyven switched over to PC, she said, oh, my gosh, he's switching consoles. And I said, no more, like, doubling his gaming load. And she said, poor Hyven, to which I responded, no, poor poor Mrs. Hyven. And she said that she would she stands in solidarity with me. Yeah, I mean, and, and unrelated news, I, I honestly don't know what's going to happen when this new season drops. Uh, I have no idea what console to play. I don't know who to play with, what to do. <laughs> So, but, um, uh, be but yeah, no, so I just, I really, really appreciate her support. I love getting on there and seeing notifications from her. Um, <clears throat> and like I said, I just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's fun to have this extra person, especially cause she's female. <laughs> well, absolutely. You need a little more estrogen up in this mix. <laughs> you mean you don't have enough for everyone? That's true. I do have a <laughs> hormonal imbalance. I probably do. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ridiculous. All right. Well, and, I got no and, more shout outs. So if Elemist has reminders and, and or anything. The last thing I, I want to just tell anybody out there listening if you need anybody to contact, whether it's just a sympathetic ear or it, whatever, we're here for you. And honestly, we joke about hate mail to the email. But honestly, if you do want someone to talk to, the email's perfect. Nobody's going to see your tweets. I mean, you could DM us on Twitter. Absolutely. The, tw- the Twitter, actually. But um, emails are really personal. And not that Mrs. Hyven is not really great with that stuff. But Elemist is Elemist <laughs> no, is, is a be great right year to talk yeah. to. Um, so, but yeah, if you feel man. you want someone male or female, if you're looking for someone male to reach out to, go to the emails, um, but female, definitely DM me on Twitter. Uh, I think all three of us have been through very differing um, issues and trying times and life, um, but I think we've all kind of been there. Um, I know I seem impersonal, I... but I'm not in reality, guys. I promise. Guys, again, I have hormonal imbalance. Um, he's an amazing husband. Most guys are not him. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> and and but... like, and like some, I, I suffer from depression for ten years. Yeah. And I still My have bouts with it. Gives me that as well. So, um, so like, Mister definitely, Mister. I keep wanting to say Mister Hyven. Hyven has all his own stuff too. So it's just you know we we have varying things between all of all three of us. Yeah. Um, whether they be chemical imbalances in the brain that cause different things, we all have something. So um, please feel free to reach out. Uh, we'd we'd much rather you talk to somebody than suffer alone. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's important for everyone to know that we uh, we're here. But yeah, and and honestly, hit us up on Xbox or PC for me and Elemist. Honestly, um, Discord, Xbox, come play with us, come hang out with us. If anyone wants to, hey, ask for our gamer tags. We'll uh. Yeah, just yeah. DM me. 
as long I think as you mine are actually not, is Mrs. Hyven, but I don't uh, really play yeah. much. Yeah, as long as you're not going to be a complete horrible person to everyone, you know, we we are happy to play with genuine nice nice yeah. cool people. So I'll just chat with you on the headset. <laughs> <laughs> and even then, like if you send me an email, but you like you want Mrs. Hyven's word on it as well or whatever, just oh, yeah, you can get let me know. But emails everyone, I always think are a little bit more. Everyone personal. wants my word on it, right? Right. <laughs> right. Already now. Right. <laughs> right. Just kidding. But um, but no, for real though. In all seriousness, you guys, um, we don't even know majority of the people listening, but we have a special place in our Crazy heart for, for all of you. And um, yeah, like I said, nobody should suffer um, alone in silence, especially when there are people here who will talk to you. Absolutely. And on that sober bombshell. Yeah. Enjoy these bloopers. <laughs> Have a good night, all. My brother. <laughs> good night, all. Good night, all. Bum, bum, bum. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> okay, so it started. So whenever we are, you are actually ready. I'll be right back. Man, it's like you guys have gotten hip to what I do with the bloopers. Oh, Kinda yeah. sucks. Put everything in the bloopers. At first, I thought it was only going to be the funny stuff, but now it's the stupid stuff we say, too. Like, right now, I have to just, like... Dude, I, I, no. now can't, I cannot have a friendly conversation with my friends because it's like, <laughs> you know, you have that one friend that carries that video camera around everywhere, and eventually you're like, dude, you just me. stop. <laughs> no? Oh, yeah, although she does record me, specifically in the Starbucks drive-thru now. Although, she had me watch back. Some of the stuff I say, I have to say... It's kind of hilarious. I just he, like, thought she was exactly. Why I but him. I say some really dumb stuff that I just think <laughs> is dumb. But she, when you listen back to it, I do sound kind of comedic, I suppose. But it might just be because she's my wife. She laughs at me, but she thinks I'm funny. She just basically takes recordings for when I'm going to die. She's mm-hmm. waiting for it. Or she's going to murder Look, me. I'm kind of concerned I... about the whole thing. I'm a little messed <clears throat> Look, my father I started died talking when I was as a... five months old, and back then video cameras were not a huge thing. But the videos I do have, I cherish so freaking hard. And I'm also a little messed up in the fact that he died at 28 when my mom was very newly married to him with three young children. So sorry if I just assume so you're gonna year. die. A year left. Um, no, I actually started talking as a joke to give Elemist bloopers, but now we honestly are just giving him bloopers. So. I was watching the Great British Baking Show, and they were like saying all these continuing. crazy things. Hold on, and they were saying all these crazy things. And one of the hosts or whatever was like, "I'll be surprised if they use any of this." <laughs> and I thought of us. Right. Oh my gosh, why does it look so dark in there? Um, Maybe because it's night. No, in my sorry, it's a stupid thing. In my PC <laughs> case, it's so bright when the lights are uh, off because the LEDs in it are really, really, really bright. With all the lights on, it looks great. All right, let me position myself. Shut up. Are you ready? All right. Mrs. Ivan? Ben ready. (laughs) Just trimming my nails. No, no, I shouldn't get it started. No, I'm just... This is... ...in which I do this. This is not an honor. Just read when it's your turn. Gosh. I'm aware there's an order, but (laughs) the order happened to fall on me, and I'm honored that it did that. I'm ready for you. You can give me a colorful noise. I mean, I just like his editing every week. You could edit it all the time. It's kind of funny, but.
I'm always the noise. I know. Because it's funny because it I'll be like listening to it and then I'll be like, wait, why did I just randomly make that noise in between the conversation? And then I'm like, oh, oh, that was an edit. That was an edit. And I'm just always so confused because it literally sometimes I'll be listening and, you know, like you're passively listening, maybe at work or something, because I don't really act like I like listening to it, but I'm not always actively listening to it since I recorded it. And so I'll be listening and I'm just like, wait, why did I just cut them off with like a random yeah. noise? Yeah. I'm like, what's just what just happened? Yeah. So and then I remember it, it wasn't. Oh. <laughs> yeah, man, it's awesome. So, yeah, that, that's that, man. I'm going to be honest, I thought you guys were going to take just a hair longer, so I started my first coat, but I have one nail left, so I'm going to vamp until I'm ready. Okay, well, we can talk a little (laughs) bit more, actually. Hold on, I just finished the pinky nail, don't get into it! (laughs) Like, not into it, or just like a quick filler? I can fill a little time. But I'm done. Save the filler for the next coat. All right. It's a good thing you said that because I scrolled to start like looking and talking and I scrolled to the wrong card and I was about to oh. skip it. Oh, <laughs> moving right along oh, as God. my first coat dries. Cause that's what I'm doing tonight. I swear I'm really serious about this podcast, you guys. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, gotta get my mic situated. Can you I flawlessly me? read the first card, so yes. one, two. I just want to make one, sure two, you feel the pressure Uh-oh. of being the first person to get first card syndrome. FYI, uh, according to Elements' of seamless edits every week, I always fall asleep. Except for the fact that you tell everyone that you mess up all the time. <clears throat> Otherwise, people would never know. Exactly. And, and the, there's, a, there's yeah. a couple bloopers of you repeatedly trying to read the whole line. Like, <laughs> the same line, like, three times over. So... <laughs> No, oh, I, I do those oh, after Aphrodite just last so week? I don't seem so flawless. <laughs> he edited you? He edited out the Aphrodite, but not all of them. During the recording, you read Aphrodite once. And then you also had it in the bloopers, if you didn't know that. Lady I don't Aphrodite. know what we're talking about. I'm moving on. Lady Shut Aphrodite. up. You the pain of what's right. Hope. Boom, I didn't mess up. Suck it. I'm sorry. You have no consequence to this card overshadows all of your reading quality. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you made me so nervous, though, by saying that right before my card. I was like, don't mess up. Don't mess up. Don't mess up. These are flawless cards. I can't ruin it. You did a great job. We need now, to get into this card. Elemis, yeah, take it away, my friend. Go. I'm, like, really hyped up by these cards. I'm, like, twitchy. I'm so sorry. All right. Here we go. Your sought to give data. Starting that one. I'm just, you gotta continue. I can't wait any longer. That's you, Elle. No, I'm not done. Oh. I said one second. My, Why don't you die? Eye. Oh, yeah, you didn't finish. You're like, no. sorry. There's something in my eye, and I'm having a hard time reading. Elle almost got it. Okay. I think I can see now. Yeah, I just Bruce? realized I... Sorry, I, I, I see where we're at. I was, like, really distracted. Sorry. And you're always yelling at me for being distracted. Well, I was reading the next card. I was just jealous that Elmas gets to read the final card. That's all. So you're not honored that you got to read the first one? No, that's the best card, man. I'm kind of mad at him. But you can... Okay. Sorry. Continue. This is good. <laughs> okay. You just read ahead? Stop it! What is wrong with you? What? No, you need to save those reactions. Stop! 
Stop. It was just it right there. Stop. It was, I, it was just right there. I Stop. Went to right All right. Just pause for a second. You can't comment anymore. I need you to keep those emotions for next. Let us finish this. Sorry, Ellenist. I just saw it's her face. Fine. I know. I, I know. So did I. <laughs>